Welcome everyone to 2023 season episode 30 of the Team Blaney podcast. My name is Adam Rogers and alongside me is co-host Steve Mez. As always, this podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the drivers of the Blaney racing family for two decades and Team Blaney itself launched on social media in 2014. Each weekly episode of the podcast offers an in-depth analysis of Ryan Blaney's latest NASCAR Cup Series race, plus news, notes, and a lineup of special guests all throughout the year. This week, we break down the number 12 team's run in the Go Bowling at the Glen this past weekend at Watkins Glen International in New York. Steve, welcome back again for episode 30 of the season. So a nice solid number there, a nice solid race to talk about, and uh, the potential that this podcast episode might be longer than the cup race was this past weekend. What do you think? (laughs) I don't have that much hot air. (laughs) I just don't. If we, would, if we would have re- if we would have recorded our pre-talk oh my god and right. the episode on top of this then we would be pro- potentially we, longer we than the race potentially get there man with no cautions which would you know for us there's no no stage breaks for us um yeah. we just try and do it straight through but uh go bowling that's a great that's a great sponsor and uh, it inspired uh, us we went bowling we, all, we went we bowling, went bowling during the week <laughs> we all went bowling during the week uh the week before so uh, you guys bowled like 10 games the other night. Your arms fall off or what? You know what? <laughs> I peaked at game three. <laughs> that's all right. You reach the, the 200 mark for a game and that's always good. But no, you're um, right. We, you know, one thing that NASCAR fans are good for is supporting the sponsors. And I will have to say, I feel like we have supported uh, the bowling centers uh, throughout our, both of our areas pretty frequently. So thank you to go bowling who also, I think they signed an extension. So they're going to be going bowling at the Glen for several years to come. Yeah. I can remember supporting Dave, a lot of Dave's sponsors, uh, especially when they, they got that zero seven car every, every <laughs> Sunday, every Sunday I drank a toast to the zero seven. <laughs> right out of the bottle <laughs> that's good we got we got body armor now to recover yes yeah, so thank god <laughs> although body armor mixes um mixes quite well with uh, uh rum believe it or not there's a there's a there's a couple of types of rum that mix really good with um <laughs> but anyway <laughs> back to this race which uh second week in a row we only got one caution second week in a row where the race was really quick and uh but uh, the difference here is you finally, uh, I know we'll spoil alert, we finally break into the top 10, so pretty good race to talk about. But um, action-wise, maybe it wasn't there. I mean, we could talk about this now. What do you think? Do you want Do you want them to keep stage the breaks away? Do you want to bring them back? Do you want to make the races longer? Someone actually mentioned a, a good point during the Xfinity Series race, the fact that I think the Xfinity race was like 82 laps and the Cup race was 90 and they're like, usually there's a much more of a dis- uh, disparity between the two races. Yeah. So it's like, does the cup, should the cup race be a hundred laps instead? I mean, I don't know how all the math works out. I mean, with this one, it's just called the go bowling. So it's not like they have to stick to a certain number, but um, I don't know. I, I feel like NASCAR has the gears turning right now on, which might be too much of a knee jerk reaction. Yeah. Uh, because this is just two races where we've had multiple other road course races this year. But, but what are your quick thoughts on that? A couple things they can do one. Um, yeah, make it a little longer. Change where the stages end. 
That's another thing. They do this little thing where it's a short stage and a little bit longer stage and a little bit longer stage. Well, make them for the, for these type of races, make them three equal stages. Everybody's still going to do their pit strategy based on being able to get in their fuel window, you know, whatever their fuel window is, or trying to flip the field, you know, and some guys are racing for the points and some guys aren't racing for the points and how that alters things. So just make the stages equal. Um, you know, these guys are all, uh, within two, three tenths a lap, um, for a good portion of the race and without really leaning on each other, um, except for at the end of the race, when it's, and it's time to lean on each other, uh, for the most part, they, they race each other pretty clean and, and look for somebody to make a mistake. And they're getting pretty good at running 20 or 30 consecutive laps without making a mistake. Uh, especially, uh, this track is one that they've been to for decades, you know, same with Sonoma. So I don't know. There's, there's something about the changes, but I think it's just an extreme example. Things have happened. One thing that they did do last week and, you know, it was change the restart zone. And that helped a lot too, because they weren't all crunching going down into one. Um, this time we had a little bit of that. We had a little bit of it in the Xfinity race at least. And, uh, you know, the cup race, not as bad. Um, and they didn't have as many restarts too. We only had one actual restart. So, yeah, I mean, till you get guys who make a mistake or two or mechanical things happen and, and cause an issue on the track where somebody else gets into somebody else um, and get natural cautions, it's it's just going to be like that. But it's two extreme weeks. It's not necessarily going to happen all the time like this. There's going to be more natural cautions. They'll happen. Um, it's just that we just had two weeks where there weren't really a lot of them. Yeah, and it was interesting that this week's kind of natural caution came from a mistake, but not a driving mistake came from a calculator mistake, I guess. Well, um, or is driving it, mistake. Is it? It's, it, it could it's, be. Yeah, it's a little bit, a little bit of everything. Cause it, maybe we'll, we'll talk about it now before we get into the report, because, um, listening to Ryan's audio, it's there in the same situation. Uh, the window for everybody was about lap 40, uh, 40 lap run. And, uh, they got to lap 50 and pitted Ryan did. And what they did, what, what he was told was when you feel it sputter, then flip the switch. And then they flip the switch, the auxiliary, you know, pump that gives them whatever's left and come bring it in. Well, he stumbled right before they got to the front stretch. He flipped the switch, knew he had to come around and pit the next lap. And then they are, they had the caution happen for, you know, chase. And even at the end of the race, somewhere near the end of the race, five laps, six laps to go, he asked, how are we on fuel? And was told he had about three to the good. Um, and that's because they ran a couple caution laps in there. But from what I understand with chase's audio and what they've been, to- what was being said was something to the extent of three more laps or three more times by me or something like that. Once you flip the switch and I'm thinking way off there- yeah, is their thing way different than everybody else's? And doesn't the driver know what he can and can't do? Ryan pretty much, and I've heard them do it before, where where they said, "Hey, you know, you know, flip the switch and, and bring it in. You know, it should be enough to get you back around, especially on the road courses." Um, but the road courses are all within that two to three mile range, you know, and. Yeah, I don't know why Chase didn't question it or somebody didn't question what was said, you know, three times by you or two times by you and come in on the third time. You know, is that what it was supposed to be? You know, maybe he didn't mean three times by you. Maybe he meant 
two times and then come in on the third one. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe that would have worked. Um, cause I don't know how many laps after he flipped the switch that he was actually still out there when that happened, but yeah, there was some miscommunication. And then, like I said, the driver should question a little bit, Ryan, you know, they told him and they, cause they knew they were close to it anyway. They told him, it says, you're going to flip the switch. You know, when, when you feel it stumbles, what he said, flip the switch and then bring it right after that. So wherever you are. So that's exactly what he did. He stumbled, but he stumbled right past pit road, basically. So he flipped the switch and ran one more lap and brought it to him. So I, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what, what happened there. So not a ton of action on track, but we did manage to get a little bit of drama with these, these issues. So the chase Elliott issue, you know, the 34 team man goes from having like one of the most perfect races of the year last week, Indianapolis, and they come into this race and have like one of the most disastrous races of the year between two different pit road issues, one on the driver, one on the pit crew, and then a mechanical issue at the end, at the end of that race. So it's, it's, it's one of those, like, you know, they get that whole NASCAR experience, NASCAR season experience within two races where you're at the top of the mountain where you're at the bottom of the mountain. Uh, but luckily for them, they're locked in. They're locked into the yeah. playoffs too. But you know, that car definitely had speed and, and who knows now, but whether, I don't know the, what happened with the mechanical issue. Maybe that was going to happen no matter what, but um, a lot of that stuff at least, at least kept this really quick race. Interesting. I think. Yeah. He got himself a bonus point uh, too. So, you know, yeah. Um, so, oh, all that's helpful, but um, I know we keep talking, we keep talking. Might as well start talking we'll about uh, practice yeah, we'll and qualifying, and we'll you know, I talk about it being that. a really good weekend. But this was still a little bit concerning spot for me. The fact that they're still struggling a little bit when it comes to qualifying. It's not honestly, it's not just been road course qualifying. It's been on ovals a little bit too recently. So, mm-hmm. but once again, here they don't come with you know a rocket ship, and they had to no. kind of work on it during the day. And and that's the thing is that the, both the last two weeks they've improved from Saturday to Sunday into the end of the end of the race Sunday. So, um, you know, Saturday's practice, um, <laughs> all the Penske cars were in Group B, which really kind of stinks <laughs> because you'd like to have that other other a couple other guys in the other one or two other guys in the other group so that you can get a little bit of this, get a little bit of data. Um, but no, they didn't have that uh, at all. Um, See, uh, he ends up with, uh, like I said, with group B and group A, um, the 11 was pretty much the fastest during most of that. Um, the top 12 cars were within one second. And I point that out cause we're talking about 71 and 72 second laps. Um, you know, that's still pretty tight, tightly together. Um, 10 minutes in the 24 tops of the board. So, you know, you know, the 24 is going to be one of the top guys during the weekend. Um, the fast five in that group ended up being 24, the nine, ends up being one of the fast five, the 34, the 45 and the 11. So you know, it looks pretty promising for the nine at this point too. Um, group B uh, about five minutes in um, Ryan's about eighth quickest. Uh, the 16 is leading about five minutes in group B um, five laps run. Ryan actually on the fifth lap goes down a little bit in time to 71.892 gains like a 10th. Uh, they come in to make adjustments um and he was 10 minutes in was ninth overall uh in the group 16th overall total um they come out with about five minutes to go and runs a lap two tenths faster than than the last lap he ran uh down to 71.7 um that's good for 10th fastest uh in the group 17th fastest overall 
Um, about three tenths from the top five, though. I take note of that for you know for qualifying when it comes up. Uh, fast five ended up being the sixteen, the seven, the five, the twenty, and the seventeen. And um, so we go to Group A qualifying, um, and these guys all run like a lap, come in and then wait and then come back, try to come back out at the end and run another lap. Um, we get, um, the, uh, let's see here, all in, all of them in the 72nd, second bracket here in the top five. Um, we end up with the 24, the 34, the 45, the 54 and the 11 making the top five there. And, um, we get uh, to group B and Ryan says like his, at the end of his lap that he missed turn 11. And, uh, that's, that's not good. Um, <laughs> they kind of, um, you know, they go back out, but it's never much faster. Road and, course uh, qualifying is just so difficult in general. Cause you could be perfect yeah. every single turn, miss one. And then boom, you're out, out outside the top 10. Yeah. So he, he came back in, just ran the one lap, tried to cool it off. Um, was P 12 in the group. Um, and, uh, you know, four months to go, they go back out. They try another run that they, they do, um, a lap that's pretty much similar to the original lap 71.233. Uh, he said, he, he said he was not good in the bus stop. Uh, he was pretty mad at himself more than anything else. I don't know if it was, you know, to some extent we think it's, you know, performance of the car, but you know, they're trying so hard. And if they get a little wheel hop or something, especially coming out of that bus stop, uh, the car doesn't land right. And over your side, you skid, that's a 10th, you know, as you're skidding sideways. So, um, top five in the group, uh, end up being the 16, the five, the seven, the 20 and the eight. Um, like I said, Ryan ends up about three tenths out of that group. The bottom, the fifth one, the eight car was 70.924. Um, so for the poll here, uh, the 11 does get the poll out of this and, um, uh, let's see here. They got the 16 car is, is in sixth. Cause that's somebody who needs a win. And the seven car ends up in 10th, which is pretty amazing. Um, qualifying for him uh ryan's gonna start 23rd um we get to we get to race day and uh, uh lajoy amarola haley custer all gotta go to the rear for adjustments so uh, lajoy it was yeah. i heard somewhere he actually said us on some somewhere that he was leaking fluid or something like that um and they were hoping it wasn't as bad as it was but they had to go in and fix it um, the stages were 20, 40, and 90, uh, six sets of tires, fuel window of 37 to 40, uh, pit stall 12 with the 16 in front and 78 behind. Um, and lap one, we have the 11 leading the field to the green, but by lap three, the 34 takes the lead. Uh, Ryan has gained about two spots at this point, gets himself up to uh, 21st. Um, lap 15, we have some green flag pitting that happens before the end of the stage. Um, and, uh, Ryan comes in, he's 19th when he comes in, he runs an 11.30 second stop, the Pyrotech pit stop of the week again this week. Uh, and, and you know, they hear that time you think, well, it's not nine something. Well, no, it's not going to be nine something, uh, because these guys are jumping over the car totally backwards, even though it's the second week in a row doing it. Um, it's, it's, it's really hard to, to coordinate yourself when you're used to going a certain direction and now you got to flip it all around. Um, they do a pretty good job of dealing with it though. Um, Plus the fuel trying to get yeah, as much fuel into fuel into it. Yeah. 
But this this time here, they're not worried about the fuels much. The second stop, when I give you that pit stop time, you'll see that that one is waiting on fuel, and you'll hear a way different time there. Uh, lap 20, um, 34 uh, wins the stage, and uh, then he has he pits right afterward and then has his, his problem with his pit box uh, going through too many boxes and the penalties that come from that. Um, that shows you like just those little details that drivers need to know. So the weird issue with this one, and I think they explained it on TV, was he he went through too many boxes, but one of the boxes that he went through was a gap box. Like nobody was pitted there. So he almost treated it as if it was like a like a entry into the in, into the garage or something, which they are allowed to drive through those on those normal tracks. So I think he, it was kind of a almost like a technicality in the rule. He didn't realize that that box would count. Uh, even though somebody wasn't pitting in it. And that's just the first thing that kind of starts to derail their day. But prior to that, he went, went and drove his way to the lead yep. and it gets that stage. stage win. And you think, oh man, deja vu. It's mm-hmm. it's happening again here. Yeah. Uh, by lap 25, the 24 is leading and uh, Ryan is up to P16 as they, everybody sits uh, through the pit, pit cycle. So, <clears throat> and I think somebody even asked in the Discord chat, he gained three spots on the pit cycle. Now, whether uh, it's pinning before everybody else again, a little bit fresher tires, although tire wear wasn't real extreme or, you know, the mistakes of other people, you know, like the, like the 34 here. Um, but you know, you run a good, good clean laps and then you get a good clean pit stop. And and those who make mistakes, it'll show. So they do get up to 16th at this point. Um, lap 40, um, the 24 wins the stage. Ryan is up to 16th at this point. Uh, everybody's, you know, it stays green, of course. And, um, we're getting close to the pit window that, you know, like I said, the 40 lap to go type thing. So at lap 50, the green flag pitting does begin for those who think they got the fuel mileage to do it. Um, at lap 52, Ryan pits from 12th at that point with some of the other cars that pit in front of him. This is a 14.9 pit stop, um, and, but they're waiting on fuel. So, you know, you can't panic. Um, they're not going to go until they got enough fuel in it. And it's the smartest thing to do. Everybody has to do it. You hope that your fuel mileage is good enough where you don't have to sit there as long. Um, but, uh, you know, everybody's in the same boat pretty much. Um, and they do talk about the fuel switch here uh, afterward, you know, that we're going into it. I'm sorry. What we just talked about, they talk about how, um, you know, you got to, uh, how did I put it again? They told him as it stumbles, you know, if it stumbles, then go ahead and flip the switch and then, you know, bring it back here for the pit stop. So they were only going to run a full lap at least with, you know, with, once they flip that switch, um, at lap 55, we get a caution for the nine <laughs> running out of fuel. He stops over there in the bus stop or uh, outside the bus stop, actually. Um, and Ryan's still in the lead lap at this point, you know, he, he had run his pit stop, gotten back out there. was still out in front of the 24. Um, and, uh, thing is is uh not everybody pitted so ryan's 23rd at this point and there's still a bunch of guys in front of him who have to pit and uh there's like a pretty good woohoo on the on the radio when he asked josh you know how many uh things have to pit still and uh they were trying to do the math and i think it ended up you know he said like 11 cars 12 cars well the next thing you know it's actually he's all the way up to seventh for this restart um so that's great you know, couple of times this year we've had recaps where we've talked about a strategy that the 12 teams try to do. And if a caution falls the right way mm-hmm. and things will work out, you get track position. Uh, a couple of times we've tried strategies like that. They haven't worked out this time. They try that strategy again. 
works out. So this is kind of one of those things that shows you sometimes it does work to your benefit. They caught the break here exactly when they needed it. He, you know, he was running decent to where maybe he picks up, you know, he was 16th prior to all that. Maybe he picks up a couple more spots and gets to 13th, 14th, kind of like he's been on road courses all year long. Mm -hmm. Um, But they kind of generate this track position through a strategy gets them up high enough to where maybe he's going to lose a couple spots before the end of this race, but passing so difficult that, you know, top 10 looks really good at this point. And uh, it's really good. I mean, sure. Jonathan, you know, you yeah. know, as a crew chief who gets beat up so much, not just him, but crew chiefs all together. I mean, Alan yeah. Gustafson, sorry for your, your week. Um, yeah. But um, you know, they just keep beat up so much because these strategies are sometimes 50, 50, they don't always work and you look like a genius when they work. So congratulations uh, to Jonathan Hassler for pulling this off this week and, and uh, putting Ryan in a really good spot. Um, So lap, uh, at 60 here, the 24 leads the, the field degree. Uh, Ryan is up to seventh. I think the four or the 16 car was all the way up to fourth. And I thought this is where you're going to see Banzai Bakaru show up, you know, cause he's got to win a race and, um, he, uh, he didn't get there. <laughs> I thought for sure he'd be up in there and do something and, you know, get himself where he needed to be, but it didn't happen. Um, Ryan settled into about eighth on this after this restart, um, and then had the 45 and the 17 get past him, um, at lap 64, um, back to 10th and he kind of had to let them go. They were faster. Um, they were gaining, you know, he was holding them up. Um, he get, made the, let them make the pass at, at a point where, uh, he didn't have to lose a lot of lap time doing it. Uh, so back to 10th here, but somewhere between, um, I want to say it was lap, might've been lap 75 with only like 15 to go. The 14 car pulls off. And the 14 was running in front of him somewhere and in the top 10 and, and pulled off for some sort of issue they were having. So Ryan does get up to ninth at that point. Um, and at lap 90, you know, 24 wins, Ryan's ninth, uh, Joey Logano finish, finishes 10th. Um, so we get two top tens for, for two of the Penske cars out of, of this road course. Um, you know, Ryan, you know, puts out his little presser, um, and he said this, he said, overall, uh, not a bad day. We kind of had our work cut out for us, but Jonathan did a really good job of getting us, uh, better all day. We passed some guys in the beginning, did, uh, a couple good pit calls there under green and then had a good caution fall our way there. Overall, I'm proud of the effort from practice to the race. It was a hard day's work and I'm proud of the effort. So, you know, pretty good, uh, pretty good day of work. Um, you know, there's only one more road course left and it's like always, a, it's a cutoff race. So that'll be interesting with the Roval, but the Roval's like this weird breed. That's not quite a road course. Yeah. Cause it's, you know, you use about three quarters of the track too. So it's, you still have to have, um, you know, more passing happens coming out of the infield area up onto the track in turns one and two than I, you know, then so it's, yeah, it's, it's a little bit different. So that'll be kind of interesting when they get that far, but they, like I said, they improved as the weekend went on, uh, you know, the lap times, uh, got a little bit better. Um, but he's able to click off consistent 20 lap, 30 laps in a row where he's within two tenths, uh, as long as it doesn't get bogged down by some sort of traffic issue and, um, <clears throat> you know, pretty much mistake free most of the day. Um, just, you know, to get that finish. And like you said, the, the caution felt the right time. So that's, that really kind of helped flip the field a little bit, took a couple guys in and, and, and gave him position. Um, he had to give up a position or two to, to cars that were definitely better, but, uh, overall great day. You know what I remembered? 
Hmm. There's there's a reason why the 34 had a bad day. Hmm. And it's because of something. And I don't know if you, if you might've missed this because I think you're kind of in and out on this one, but Mm -hmm. um, after McDowell got that first penalty that sent him Mm -hmm. to the rear of the field, he drove up through the field. And in the process of driving up through the field, he, instead of using his talent, (laughs) um, (laughs) he just moved Ryan completely out of the way to get back, you know, to keep moving on. And this happened early in the race. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I think uh, I think karma, Car- some karma might have karma maybe, yeah. might have bit be. them there because yeah. I, in the Discord we had a little discussion about it, and I said like, if he hadn't won Indy last week, I would totally understand that move. It's like a desperation move. I need to get back to the front. I need to get this track position because I need to win, or I'm not getting into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. He he won he won his second Cup race last year or uh, this year uh, overall. He won it last week. And so the pressure's off a little bit there. So it seemed like he could have used some patience. I'm sure he was upset at himself for making that mistake mm-hmm. on pit road, but, um, but yeah, man, it, uh, yeah, I, don't, I think you might've missed that part. Cause, but he, um, yeah, Ryan definitely got moved and mm-hmm. uh, a few of us weren't super excited about that, but when, um, he ends up going out of this race with that, uh, the electrical issue or whatever they had, a couple of people might've, uh, brought up the fact that karma might've bit them. So, uh, and he, and he uh, might've, he might've caused that from running around like a maniac too, hitting people. So yeah, it just seems odd. It's like, we know how talented he is at these races. It just seems like a really dumb move. Like what, why are you moving him out of the way? Cause he had just gotten to Ryan. It wasn't like he wasn't holding him up for multiple laps. He just, and I think they actually had caught it on TV is why we really know. So you didn't really see too much Ryan on TV. It was one of those weeks where it was great to have uh, the in-car camera. Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting is, um, there's when you're one of like four or five cars that are two tenths better than everybody else too. That's, that's the strange part. Cause they, you know, that yes, he's a very, very good driver, but his car was probably two tenths faster than uh, a lot of other guys, you know, and there's yeah. only like, and, and these road courses only like three or four teams that seem to hit on that too. Um, you know, except for chase Elliott's uh, qualifying effort, he was one of the faster ones most of the day. Um, you know, the 24 definitely was, you know, the 11 definitely was, they were up there most of the day. So you're right. Once you lose that position, um, getting it back is, a, you know, you gotta be a little bit patient. You really shouldn't hammer everybody. There are going to be guys that you, you should be able to get around and, and Ryan would have probably given the position knowing, you know, how fast he was. Just like I said, in that last, um, after the restart there, he, you know, uh, it was two or three laps in three or four laps in and, and the, uh, those two guys were knocking on his door and he, you know, found a position found a place to, to let them pass where it didn't cost him a lot of time and, uh, you know, was able to hold, hold on to the top 10. So, so a couple things to mention here. One, you brought up the fact that, um, two, uh, two top tens for the two Penske cars on a road course. This was Ryan's first top 10 on a road course since Sonoma of last year, which is about seven or eight road course races ago. So, um, like I said, prior to that, he's been, he had some kind of some bad finishes, but a lot of just kind of average 13th, 14th place finishes. So really good to see those two top tens. 
Um, we talked a little bit about the point standings last week and how I was just so caught up in this being nervous about the fact that they're watching these playoff bonus points that happen at the reset after Daytona when they go into Darlington into the playoffs, just watching them slip away every week. Um, we did lose uh, by we, the 12 team did lose two more points in the overall standings. They're now 167 points back of Martin Trex Jr., who is the leader. Um, but what's great that has happened is the race between 6th and 11th is incredibly, uh, 6th and 10th actually, is incredibly tight right now. Um, so Ryan's at 167 back. The 6th position with Brad Keselowski is at 164. So just a handful of points there. And that's a big difference between getting 5 bonus playoff points at the reset and in 10th position getting 1, 11th position getting 0. Um, the other good thing is if Ryan manages to stay out of trouble, get some stage points, have a really great day at Daytona, that fifth position that Kyle Larson's sitting in right now is just 27 points mm-hmm. away. So he has to have a super good day. I mean, win the race, that'd be awesome. Um, so fifth is is possible, but I'm really more looking towards the sixth position that Brad Keselowski currently holds. And um, if Ryan can just get to there. Mm-hmm. He can get those five bonus points. He can add his eight bonus points that he already has five from his victory in the Coke 600, three stage wins. Heck, it'd be awesome if he picks up a couple more stage wins, which he tends to do on super speedway sometimes because he likes to get out front and control mm-hmm. the race. Mm-hmm. So um, the more of those and the importance with those playoff bonus points that you get all year long is they carry with you each round. And we saw at Martinsville last year, <laughs> Ryan misses the championship four by just a couple points and mm-hmm. probably was going to win the championship. If he gets in, I don't want to go through that again, but um, <laughs> they're just so important to me. I mean, Truex, Hamlin and Byron are going to have a ton. Byron's going to have, I think no matter what, no matter, even if Truex wins the regular season championship, Byron's still going to come out of here into headed into the playoffs with the most bonus points because of all of his victories and all of his stage wins, actually it's going to mm-hmm. surpass and he would have even more. <laughs> If they if wouldn't the have leader. gotten a penalty. Yeah, if they hadn't <laughs> got a penalty and he was the leader. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty crazy what that 24 teams almost quietly put together. It's like, the, I think I mentioned this like five episodes back. It's like the most quiet, under the radar, dominant season of all time, at least since yeah. <laughs> since I've been a fan. And I think maybe it's just Williams, you know, personality, you know, super humble, um, doesn't make a lot of waves, doesn't really get into too much drama, except for, I think, like a year ago at, darlington or something but like it's just it's crazy but yeah he's gonna have a ton of points he's probably gonna stroll right into the championship four so the other three spots are pretty much up for grabs the truex is gonna be in a really good spot so all in all ryan i just want ryan to have a solid day at daytona would be great for him to repeat what happened in 2021 and get the victory (laughs) and get five more bonus points and put himself maybe up into that fourth or, or fifth or sixth position in the standing so i don't know if you can tell uh my energy is up because just a few days we're going to Daytona. That's my home track now. Uh, and uh, I'm just kind of pumped up and excited. And, and you know, Ryan's uh, Ryan's been really good here. And I don't want to jump too far ahead. So let's save some of our Daytona talk because we do need to talk about fantasy. And I'm sure it's something you really want to talk about, something I really want to talk about when I have one of my worst weeks <laughs> of the season. <laughs> so let's do that. Um, things are looking up for Ryan. Things are not looking up for me when it comes to the team blade and NASCAR fantasy live league. I ended up finishing 44th um, in the uh, weekly standings there of points earned at Watkins Glen. My starters, Kyle Larson got me 23 points. 
Michael McDowell with the choke job got me 11 points. Christopher Bell, 43 points. So that was pretty good. Uh, Chase Elliott got me nine points. Denny Hamlin got me 52 points. So that was a really good haul there. I had Suarez in the garage, which was fine because he threw his race away and I think like lap five. Um, I picked McDowell over Suarez. That was wrong. I picked Elliott over Larson. That was wrong. I picked Hamlin over Bowman. That was right. And I picked Gibbs over Wallace. And that was right. So I uh, went two for two or two out of four on the uh, featured matchups. Um, Jave, your lineup pulled up to see what. Uh, yeah, I got it up here. there. Um, yeah, I had Suarez, Elliott, Busher, Gibbs, Bell with Bush in the garage. And, um, you know, not, it was already too late to swap Elliott out when he, <laughs> that was in stage three that, yeah. that happened. Um, and I had Suarez over McDowell. I had Chase over Kyle. So that was one I lost there. Had Denny over Alex and I had Ty over Bubba. So three out of four there too. But um, yeah, I probably had 20 some points in the garage that have, could have gotten a little higher in the standings, but uh, you know, one more week, you know? Yeah. So you ended up 31st overall in points earned. I was 44th overall in points earned. So let's go through that top 10. And we actually have three-way tie for 10th here with Matt O, Go12 Go, and Christian Dana with 220 points earned. A four-way tie for six with NASCAR Nut 12, Sam Speedsters, Bears Motor Club, and Math Mom 4. I haven't heard Math Mom 4 in a while. They've been slipping a little bit. 222 points. Uh, fifth, Whip Wilson, 228. Fourth, the Dalai Lama 4, 235. Third, Vans 12, 237. And uh, tied for the win this week at Watkins Glen, we have Blaney's Daisy and Factory of Sadness 6. Two teams that did not need victories, but hey, <laughs> here we go. Uh, this is why they're leading the standings. Uh, 256 points. So they share the victory in points earned this past week at Watkins Glen. Now let's jump over to the overall standings. Uh, you have fallen off a cliff here, though. Yeah, it's a little, a little bit. bit misleading because it's yeah. it's not really a ton of points here. I could, you have I could fallen. Gain, if I gained five or six points, I'd jump three or four people. Yeah, so, you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you at one point, maybe five weeks ago, were sitting pretty in the top 10, and now you have fallen all the way into the 22nd position in the overall standings in the Team Blaine and NASCAR Fantasy Live League. I'm sitting pretty in my normal spot, 38th. I'm usually like 35th to 45th every year, and here's this is where, where I'm comfortable. Were you in regards to the household? I am ahead. So oh, no. Household. 45th so oh boy she gotta um, catch catch up this yeah. week she did a, she had a good week this past week not top 10 week but i think she had like a top 15 week so um so i'm 38th you're 22nd let's look at the top 10 and that kicks off with jd racing with 4757 ninth is blaring idiots 4780 eighth is fike 21 4799 uh, 4,793. Seventh is Alyssa C, 4,799. Sixth is Penske Fan, 24, 48, 37. Tie for fourth here. Go Larson, Eric D, 15 with 4,849. Third is Christian Dana, 4,873. Mentioned these two earlier. Second position, Blaney's Daisy, 4,946. And leading the way still, Factory of Sadness, 6, 5,029 points. And I mentioned Math Mom 4 there, and I, I just kind of realized it. 32nd position. So I'm not sure if Math Mom 4 forgot during that summer stretch, maybe went on a cruise for a month or something like that and didn't set any lineups. But Math Mom 4 was dominating the early portions of the season, probably you know all the way through the spring, and fell off a cliff. So you shouldn't feel too bad. 
Um, but they did have a good week this past week mm-hmm. at Watkins Glen. So we got some work to do here. We're headed to Daytona. It's a little bit of a, uh, a wild card. I mean, they call it a wild card race. People were kind of mm-hmm. upset when they moved this race off the July 4th weekend. But I think it's been a home run since they moved it to the cutoff race here. Um, if you want to catch the action this week, it's split between two different places. And we'll talk about that a little bit. So I'll give you the NASCAR and TV report for Daytona and a place they haven't been since 2009 milwaukee so friday august 25th the nascar cup series qualifying remember no practice since this is a super speedway race 5 p.m eastern time on usa so if you're getting off of work right around then you know home as fast as possible if you want to watch this very dramatic qualifying that they that they hold at daytona that is so important as steve will tell you qualifying at daytona is super important uh sunday saturday august 26th uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time. That's it. The NASCAR Cup Series Coke Zero Sugar 400 at Daytona. You can catch that on NBC Sunday, August 27th. So you, you had the cup race Saturday night. Get some sleep. Sleep in. Still some more NASCAR racing to go because the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series at 4 p.m. Eastern time is back at the Milwaukee Mile. This is a playoff race for them. The first race at the Milwaukee Mile since they were there in 2009 when Ron Hornaday Jr. went to Victory Lane on his birthday. So it's been a while. And Milwaukee is coming back to life because they have the Truck Series this year. And next year, I believe, the IndyCar Series is going to be racing there the week that normally would have been paired up with uh, NASCAR at Indy. So Yeah, right. um, Milwaukee is going to be the place to be the next couple of years here. So it's really cool. I like the fact that we could watch this cup race and then oh, assuming no rain, we are going to the track. So who knows? Uh, assuming there's no rain, no delays Stop or that. anything. We watch Stop the that. cup race and then come home, relax and, and catch a truck series race in the afternoon on Sunday. Um, so we talked a little bit about fantasy. Um, we're going to be talking about drivers to watch here at Daytona. Let's just talk a little bit about Ryan here and the last his last four st- starts at Daytona International Speedway. And we're going to go back to the uh, summer race of 2021. We're going to forget the Daytona 500 of 2021 when he finished 30th. I think that's when they had that crash and then the rain delay and all that crazy stuff. But that summer race, 2021, Ryan Blaney in a body armor car goes to victory lane. We happened to be there. It almost killed us. We were... <laughs> So exhausted after that, Vic celebrating that victory. <laughs> and then after that, uh, fourth in the Daytona 500 in 2022, 15th in this race last year. And then he finished eighth in the Daytona 500 this year. Last two races at Talladega on a super speedway, Ryan has finished second. Um, he's coming into this race super hot when it comes to the true super speedways being Talladega and Daytona. And um, immediately, I mean, I think I still got a start left for him. He's probably going to be in my starting lineup. Why not? Um, what did you, you have an interesting strategy, right? For this yeah, week? Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. If you, if you haven't used him, use him because this is the last week and everything resets when the playoffs start. But um, you want to look at guys who need stage points first off. So Bubba Wallace, number one, should be in your lineup because he needs to get stage points just to make sure that he doesn't lose out um, to, to Ty Gibbs, same thing. Ty Gibbs should be tied to Bubba all race long. He should be trying to get stage points. So there's two guys there that you should have in your lineup just because they're both going to run for stage points. Um, then you're going to want to take anybody else who's below the cut line who needs a win to get in Austin Sendrick. Uh, you know, I had, uh, I had already set the lineup chase Elliott, of course, Alex Bowman, 
um, Suarez, you know, uh, all those guys, they need a win. They can't get in any other way. Um, so, you know, they're going to be running at least at the end of the race, trying to run, you know, as long as they don't cause themselves some sort of issue beforehand. Um, then it's uh, sometimes it's by manufacturer is one thing, but for the most part, you're going to look at these guys that need to win and get in and, um, who's going to push them. Who's a really good teammate to them. You know, we already heard, uh, you know, that we're recording this on Tuesday. We've already heard, uh, Denny Hamlin say that, uh, if it was t- between Ty Gibbs and, uh, and Bubba Wallace, he's pushing Bubba Wallace. You know, he owns that car, even though he works for Gibbs. Um, but, uh, that's, that'll be an uh, interesting thing to see too. Like for the, for the Penske guys, you know, um, you know, Cindric and Burton. I mean, we forget about Burton too, because what happens if Cindric crashes out early on now, all of a sudden, maybe should we try to focus on Burton, getting him up there? You know, what would happen if he won a race? How big would that be for the Wood brothers? You know? So, um, and really want to see Bubba, you know, he's had a great season, so really don't want to see him, um, get squashed on this, but, uh, you know, it's just like Ryan last year. I mean, something could happen and, you know, and, somebody else gets their way in. So, um, yeah, let's, let's, uh, yeah, pick, pick the lineup based. I picked the lineup based on that. Um, if you've got any usages left for certain people, just use them. Like I said, everything resets, uh, what is it? Five usages during the playoffs. So yep. go, go ahead and use everything up that you got right now. Any, anybody that you think is going to be strong, uh, qualifying, like you said, <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant it. Oh, that's right. It doesn't yeah, you, I, your tongue was way <laughs> deep into your cheek on that. And it was so great. Um, because that's exactly how I feel. They, they could just cancel it as far as I'm concerned, go by the owner's points. Um, because it's really just hold your foot down. Hopefully there's not a tailwind or a front or a headwind at the wrong time. Cause that's all it really comes down to. Um, they can't run them. Um, they can't run them out there too many at a time where, you know, they can get anywhere near drafting off each other. So, you know, it takes 50, what is it? 50 some seconds a lap and it just, you know, paint dries and people fall asleep <laughs> and, you know, and then they, and they still take the top 10 and do a pole run too to boot. So, you know, when it's beneficial, it's great, you know, but for the most part, it really doesn't settle anything until you, until you find out how you can draft uh, during the early part of the race. So, so first and foremost, this is a team Blaney podcast. So I do want Ryan Blaney to go to victory lane in this race, but if he does not, and if he cannot <laughs> go to victory lane, I would like to see Bubba Wallace flat out dominate and win the race. I would like to see Daniel Suarez flat out dominate and win the race. If I'm then beyond them, I'm just going to give you some names here. People that will be kind of in desperation mode, people that are not on the bubble. Mm-hmm but could win their way in to the playoffs. And I think have a legitimate shot to do that at a place like Daytona, Justin Haley, 31 car, Todd Gilliland in the 38 car, Eric Almarola has won multiple races at Daytona in the 10 car, Eric Jones in the 43 car, Austin Dillon in the three car. Now I know Austin had help from uh, the 45 last year with Reddick. Austin's also won the Daytona 500. Um, he's pretty good at this place, <laughs> even just on his own. I don't know if he'll get the same help or not uh, from the eight. I mean, they were the eight and the three were leading the Daytona 500 earlier this year before uh, all heck kind of broke loose and they had an extra restart there at the end. So um, Corey LeJoy in the seven. These are all guys. And even um, so I, 
Almondinger is a little bit closer to the bubble. I said not bubble guys. Almondinger was has been historically really good in the Xfinity series at Daytona. I think he's won. Um, and same with I think super speedway super speedways at Talladega. So he's another one that could possibly do it. The college cars tend to work together. So the 16 and 31 are probably going to be glued together here. So so again, Almarola, Gillen, LaJoy, Jones, Austin Dillon, uh, Almondinger. Those are all guys that could just play spoiler here. Everyone's focused yeah. on Gibbs, on Suarez, on Bubba Wallace, because they're so they're much closer to the bubble there. And I didn't mention Michael McDowell. I mean, this is another place he could. I mean, he's he obviously won the Daytona 500 a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but these types of tracks, he runs up front consistently too. So he wouldn't be a surprise. But these are guys that all I think you should be looking at in your fantasy lineups and have a really good shot of playing spoiler here and outside yeah. of the normal folks. And there's still that one out there, the mm-hmm. nine car Chase Elliott, who when Michael McDowell won his Daytona 500 was maybe, you know, within a half a second or few inches of also maybe <laughs> winning that race too, because it was kind of a photo finish on the caution flag. So yeah. um, there's always got- that Matt, I'm sure NASCAR would love that magical story of Chase Elliott, the most popular driver winning his way into the, to the playoffs that that'd be a commercial for the whole playoffs. Yeah. I'm sure <laughs> uh, the fantasy uh, NASCAR fantasy, they have the, the matchups already set also. Uh, they've got Bubba versus Ty Gibbs. They've got Bowen versus Chase Elliott. They've got Hamlin versus Truex, and they've got Ryan versus Logano as the as the matchup. So, um, you know, make your make your picks there because, like I said, every one of those ten points apiece. Um, down the bottom, if you use the NASCAR app and you're looking at the fantasy thing, and you go down the bottom there, they've actually got who's like their good their version of good bet and who to avoid. Uh, Ryan is one of their good bets. You know, he's the only driver to finish in the top 10 in all four drafting track races this season. You know, that's a heck of a stat. Uh, finished top 10, in the last five drafting uh, track races. They've got Kyle Bush is a good bet. Um, and then he's saying to avoid Truex and avoid Larson. Um, they historically have super yeah. bad luck at these tracks. They run um, up front too. Yeah. He's only had, He's only had one top five finish in, in, you know, 39 drafting races. You know, that's, that's not good. Um, they, their sleeper, they have a, Eric Jones is their sleeper. Um, I, I haven't checked at this time. Who's driving the 42 car this weekend for legacy. Um, uh, the eight driver from junior motorsports, uh, Barry. super sub Josh Barry. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. Cause that's, that's a key to Eric Jones helping Eric Jones too, is that the Chevy camp, you know, all the, all the manufacturers race this race, you know, uh, if they're going to have any kind of pitting during a green flag, they try to do it all together by manufacturer. For the most part, Fords are usually more organized than the other ones. Uh, Chevy has the numbers, they have more cars than anybody else. Um, but the thing is, is the 42 and the 43 team are kind of on the outs because next year there'll be a Toyota team. So Chevy may not share all the information and everything with them. So, you're going to see a situation there with those two where he's going to need help from his teammate. You know, he's, that's the one guy he should be able to depend on um, out there. And uh, so Josh is going to have to definitely help, uh, help Eric in that regards. Cause I don't see, like I said, the Chevy's as a, as a whole really trying to work with the legacy cars. Now that they know they're going to Toyota next year. So. Yeah. So we'll have to see how it goes. I'm hoping for, Blaney victory, if not hoping for a great race, good weather, 
And uh, let's celebrate the end of the NASCAR Cup Series regular season. And uh, let's get ready to go playoff racing. And uh, it's also awesome <laughs> that uh, we are locked in. Ryan is yeah. locked in. Yeah, the, <laughs> and we do not been, have to go through what we went we, through last year. Since Because, since, man, that was rough. <laughs> since late May, we've had this just weight off of, uh, you know, everybody's had this weight off their shoulders at Penske. Uh, the 12 town um, team 12 uh, has, you know, been able to concentrate and focus on the playoffs. And that's another thing, um, you know, some people get on social medias afterward and this and that, and they're mad about this and they're mad about that. And this year they're doing, still doing that. And it's like, you know what, this is totally different this year because this year they, they won that race back in May. And ever since then, they've been able to concentrate on what's going to happen in, in August, September, and October. So, um, you know, last year they had a dry run for about a month, month and a half, where every week was a playoff, uh, you know, cutoff week for them. But now we're at the point where now we can work toward what you know, these next, well, after this weekend, the next three, the next three, the next three. And uh, I'm sure that uh, Penske's resources and so forth have been all going toward the, the 22 and the, and the 12 and getting them ready for Darlington and the Bristols and, and so forth coming up. So, um, yeah, it's just so exciting now, you know, Daytona is a great, great fun. Like you said, this, this is a, when they move this race to the cutoff race for the regular season, smartest thing they ever did. And even if it's just for one or two positions, like it is right now, you know, it's for the bottom guy at the 16th spot, somebody could catch him in points. And then any one of, you know, however many guys can win this race and put themselves in and eliminate that guy at the 16th spot. So, uh, it just, it's nothing but drama to the final lap. Um, hot, hot weather during the day and it'll cool off a little bit at night, but the track won't be as grippy as everybody thinks it's going to be. And with some slipping and sliding, uh, just hopefully there's not a, a real wreck fest, you know, hopefully it's not one of those where there's a big one, yeah. you know? So if you want to catch the race this weekend, the coverage kicks off Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern time. If you want to tune into that very important NASCAR Cup Series qualifying session, forgot to mention the NASCAR Xfinity Series. They're going to run at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. So after Cup qualifying, the Wawa 250 powered by Coca-Cola at Daytona. Both of those are going to be available on the USA Network. And then Saturday, August 26, 7 p.m. Eastern time, the NASCAR Cup Series Coke Zero Sugar 400 at Daytona. You can watch that on NBC and Peacock. Yeah, no rain because Mr. Josh Williams has to somehow get his way from Daytona to Milwaukee between Saturday night and Sunday. So no rain. Uh, yeah, he's got to get up want, there and spot for uh, Zane Smith. You know, Zane in that Smith, playoff race. especially since it's a playoff race, you know. So we want everybody to have a successful weekend. Yeah, anybody that Josh spots for, how's that? Yeah. So I think, have a big you weekend. know what, Steve? Uh, I think that pretty much wraps up this week's episode. So thank you, everyone, once again for tuning into the Team Blaney podcast. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve, just listen to our very first episode that explores our Blaney racing fandom. You can interact with us on Facebook and X at Team Blaney and on Instagram and TikTok at Team.Blaney. And finally, we'd like to encourage you to support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation established in 2018. This organization supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine through fundraisers, events, and membership from the Blaney Bunch Fan Club. To learn more, visit RyanBlaneyFamilyFoundation.org or follow them on Facebook, X, Instagram. All of them are very active social media channels. So, for my co-host Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Blaney Podcast. Good night, Brussels. Check out the TikTok. 
Well, thanks everybody for coming. I hope you enjoyed it.